and everybody's like, yay, we're flying, I can't breathe! This is Marvel 616 Politics, episode 23, with Andy Kirby and Jared Mayo. All right, Mr. Jared, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing fantastic, Andy. How are you doing, man? I'm doing, I'm doing well. I, I gotta say, I'm, I'm, I've missed you quite a bit. I, uh, I don't know if I've talked to you really since our last episode. Yeah, just, just here and there. We're, we're just busy guys. I know. What are you doing? You, you're off flying out to Akron all the time? Well, we, I drive, but yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, I thought you were using your private jet or something. Oh, not yet, <laughs> buddy. <laughs> All right, well, can, a lot of business up in Akron, so I head up there usually about maybe once every two weeks. Can you explain to me what it is you do? I know you've explained it to me a couple times, but our listeners have no idea what you do. Yeah, well, I work with a lot of different companies like Best Buy and Sears and Barnes and Noble and all different kinds of companies. I just work on projects with them. And also work with a company called Amway Global and Neutralite and Artistry. And so what we do is uh, a lot of different projects with them as well. But a lot of it is just purchasing from ourselves. And because we're loyal customers to ourselves, we're paid for that. And I build teams around different projects around those different companies. How was that? Was that pretty good? I guess, but it's so cryptic. It's... I cannot get my head around it, no matter how many times. Because Jackie asked me the other day, they're like, "Well, so what are what are Jared and Jennifer doing?" And I was like, "They're kind of wholesalers. Is that accurate?" To an extent, to an extent, we have we have a lot of different products. So it's, uh, mostly with um, vitamins and, and skincare and uh, a couple different other things that are pretty much exclusive that you can only purchase through us. Um, but then, like you know, with Best Buy and Barnes and Noble, we're able to get you. A better deal sometimes through Best Buy and Barnes and Noble, or you know, if you purchase through us instead of going to Best Buy and Barnes and Noble, you know, the the companies will pay us for that referral. So do you do you ship all the goods out? No, no way, no. We don't keep an inventory or anything. There, there are warehouses all over the world for that. Okay, so you just so how, if I were to buy from you, mm-hmm. and I were to buy comic books from Barnes and Noble. Mm-hmm. trade paperbacks. All right, so I would go to you and say, this, this is what I'm looking for, and you would purchase it at a discounted price, and then they would deliver it to me? Yes. How does this... I don't I don't understand. How do you get a discounted price? Uh, because I'm an exclusive distributor. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's really not that complicated. <laughs> <laughs> Are you calling me stupid? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> not at all. Oh, well, okay, well. For the plug, though, if anybody needs anything from anywhere, pretty much, shoot me up a, a message on Facebook, and I'm I'm happy to help you out. Well, I mean, do you do overseas stuff, too? I mean, I guess you could, right? Yeah, absolutely. Huh. All right. Right on. Uh, we, we just uh, recently, we worked with a skincare company called Artistry. Not sure if you've heard of Artistry before, but... Uh, Miss America is our official spokesperson. It's the only uh, skincare line that was used at the Miss America pageant last year. And so we actually got to see her this weekend. We went to Louisville, and she came at, for a business leadership conference, and she came and she spoke, and it was just amazing. Like, 
you know, if Miss America is using it, it's pretty darn good, you know? <laughs> no offense to our English listeners out there. <laughs> well, okay, and also for our overseas uh, business with artistry, Sandra Bullock is the spokesperson. So it, it, it's for Miss America and Sandra Bullock, two of the most beautiful people in the world. I thought she was American. She is, but she's our spokesperson for overseas business because Miss America is a spokesperson for America. Well, she does have great skin. I'll give you that. She does. She's 46 and could easily pass for 30, you know? That's 16 years, folks. That's, yeah. Yeah, for those of you who are counting on your fingers. <laughs> and you have your shoes off. <laughs> well, so how about you, Andy? Andy, man, what you been up to? Okay, I have to tell you that I went to an awesome concert. And I don't get to go to many concerts, so maybe it wasn't that awesome, but I thought it was. I went and saw Vampire Weekend. What do they say? Uh, A-Punk, uh, Horchata, Contra, any of these are ringing a bell? Can you sing us a couple lines from the, their most famous song? Are you, are you insane? All right. <laughs> no, I, I don't know the songs. <laughs> Alright, let me, I, I will play, how about that, I will play a couple songs for you. Oh, Andy, you're disappointing our fans. Alright, in December, drinking horchata. Right? Is that good? I don't know that one, though. Sing that to me a different one. All right, here. In December, drinking hochata, I'd look sarcastic in a balaclava. Yes, no, yes? No, I don't know them. Okay, all right, wait, hold on. All right, you may know this one. Keep your shirt on. So that's one of Jackie's favorites. Hmm. I don't know these songs. <laughs> no? I believe you. I believe you. <laughs> no, this is great. I mean, in the middle of it, they're like, Hey, 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 hey! <laughs> <laughs> no, we had a blast, dude. What, um, I, I've been looking forward to this concert for like two months now. Um, Beach House opened up with them, which I had never heard Beach House. But I gotta say, they're pretty good. They're pretty good. Yeah. And then another one in the music world just came out September 28th. Which band? Which group? You don't know? September 28th? It was, it was a big release. The Beatles. I, I don't know. Sufjan Stevens, the new Sufjan album. Who's that? Who is Suf? Oh, you, are you joking? His name's Sufjan? Sufjan. Sufjan. S-U-F-J-A-N. Sufjan Stevens. Never heard of this person. Oh, all right. You gotta, you gotta listen to some of this. Okay, wait. This is Age of Odds. And it gets lighter. Don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> So that is what is new with me. I got to tell you, uh, it's musically, if Our Lady Peace came through, I, I could die. I could Ooh. die. Now, I know them. Yes. I, I told Jackie, I was like, 
before I die, I want to see Our Lady Peace. And now I've added to that list Sufjan Stevens. My boss uh, went to a Sufjan Stevens concert before he ever heard any of the music. And the guy comes out on stage. All right, he play, when he records, he, re, he, he plays all his own instruments, right? But when he tours, he's got, like, tons of people out on the stage because it, it's all composition. And, like, he uses, you know, like, seven horns, and that's just the horn section. So he comes out on stage, and everybody's wearing these butterfly wings on their back, like, strapped onto them. And he comes out wearing these giant eagle wings and uh my boss is like holy cow what did i get myself into what is this thing but there was only there was standing room only right so i mean something had to be good and then they start playing and he's like oh my goodness this is fantastic it's amazing anyway this concert all right we went with my boss and his wife and another couple here at work and uh i was very I was very hesitant because when I got there, I found out that we were probably some of the oldest people there. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, what is going on? And not only that, but like 75% of the people there were all girls. And I was like, I had no idea that this band was that well known. But I do have to say that everybody, I have never seen that many like street urchin derby Oliver Twist hats in one place. <laughs> So that's the kind of crowd these people uh, <laughs> attract. <laughs> so, man, we, we were having fun. We were blasting out until the last song when we realized that the balcony above us was going up and down about four inches because oh. people were jumping up and down. And I, we were like, holy cow, this thing's going to die. <laughs> and we're going to die with it. Wow. But we didn't. Pretty sweet, man. Yeah, it was awesome. I don't get to go to many concerts, and this one really jazzed me up. I didn't know that you were that big into Our Lady Peace, either. Oh, so dude. Often. Did you know that they went on tour this year? Guess what? We missed them by a month. How ja- did you miss them? What were you doing? Jackie checked for, like, every week, and then she finally gave up because there weren't tour dates announced. And then a month later... She was like, Andy, I have bad news. They were at the House of Blues, which is like 45 minutes from us. Uh, last October, I think. I think it was October. And, uh, you know, then they go right back up to Saskatchewan or whatever. It says on here that they toured March, to March, April, and May 2010. Well, okay, maybe it was. <laughs> what are you talking about? I just don't know where you were. <laughs> no, it was. I was so sad, but she felt so bad. I didn't rub it in. Because uh, that's the coming out with a new album, so maybe they'll tour with that one. Wait, they're coming out with a new album? That's what it says. Two thousand eleven. What? They just came out with one. Hey, it's Wikipedia. Would Wikipedia lie? Not to me. <laughs> 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 All right. Well. Let's uh, let's give some contact information. All right. This is Marvel Six One Six Politics, and you can email us at Marvel Six One Six Politics at gmail Visit our website. We try to keep it up to date with every week's new covers and commentary, and uh, some news articles for you, and the latest podcast. Of course, you can visit us at Marvel Six One Six Politics dot com, and of course, follow us on Twitter at. 
www.twitter.com slash 616politics or just our uh, Twitter handle is at 616politics. You can give us a call, leave us a comment, ask us a question at 616-755-TINA or the best place to interact with us is on our Facebook page at www.facebook.com slash marvel616politics. And what a fantastic... Fe- i got to say, that Facebook page, ingenious, Mayo. Well done. <laughs> it's just blowing up all over the place, man. I did. I, I know. And, and new people are com- commenting all the time. And that's what I like. I don't want it to be like this secluded group. I want hundreds of people to come together and say, hey, i got a question. Or, hey... Now, I had this... Uh, one of my coworkers and sort of my employee... She's kind of, uh, you know, interested in this guy, and this guy turns out to be a total comic book nerd, right? <laughs> and so I'm slipping her inside information about Civil War and Spider-Man, and and then she was like, I don't understand. I, I read Civil War, because I passed off my comic book to her, and uh, she was like, Spider-Man was talking about this, I didn't know what was going on. And I said, you know what, I don't remember, but why don't you post it on the message board, and I'm sure you'll get an answer. And she said, no, I'm too embarrassed, I can't do that. So I threw it up on the Facebook page, and within an hour, I think we had like four or five, you know, comments back at us, and then within the next day, we had 10 or 12, and I think we're up to 19 or something comments on this on this one question. So it's a good resource. If anybody has any questions, jump on there, ask them, and if we don't know it, well, you know, somebody else out there, I'm sure does, who uh, who comes to the board. Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. Indeed. Yeah, there's just so much stuff going on. Like, every day I go, I go posting stuff. So it's, it's exciting, guys. Keep posting all kinds of stuff. Just keep it clean and, and keep it comic-related, and, and we're good to go. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, I do have to admit, I did post something from The Walking Dead, which I know is not even Marvel. But I, I did throw it up there because I thought, you know, it might be relevant to the to society as a whole and politics and no i was just in love with it i had to throw it up there <laughs> i'm just silently shaking my head you well you can throw some tina stuff up there no we have our tina awards we're good <laughs> okay all right all right but while we're at it i just want to give a plug for another facebook page uh called save wolverine and the x-men i know it's a long shot but they're trying to get up to ten thousand members to start officially petitioning uh, Marvel and the big studio heads to bring back Wolverine and the X-Men for a second season or at least to compile the uh, animation that they have completed and give us a direct-to-DVD movie that highlights, you know, the Age of Apocalypse and all that good stuff. Because Wolverine and the X-Men the animated series just kind of left us on the, the best cliffhanger ever, and now they're not following up. So check them out on Facebook.com. Uh, I think it's the slash save Wolverine and the X-Men. Look them up. And become a fan. Okay, I don't know if I've done that yet. I have to do that. I know you're sticking the knife to me. No, it's, it's just they can get 10,000. You know, they, it's it's easier to when you have 10,000 than 7,263 or something, you know. Yeah, well, we'll throw the rest of the, the, the other 3,000 their way that listen to this podcast. Absolutely. Look what it did for Betty White and Saturday Night Live. <laughs> I didn't even know what Facebook was, and then <laughs> I saw some of those clips. She was good. She was good. Yeah, a real heartthrob. <laughs> you know it. <laughs> all right. Well, we got a lot of stuff going on. I can't say I'm totally excited about all of it, but 
we got a lot of stuff to cover. Uh, we had um, later in the show, we'll address some uh, questions that people had about, you know, what we think about certain things, and we'll just hit those. Oh, we have some questions? Well, those are the things I sent you earlier, like the ten topics. Oh, right. <laughs> oh, right, right. Yeah, now you're not as excited. I was really pumped. I was like, we're going to have questions. (laughs) Oh, well. One of our producers, um, he was talking to me about the Deadpool movie. I was like, man, throw it up on the message board. He was like, oh, I don't don't know if you guys like that. And I was like, no, haven't you ever been to the Facebook page? And he was like, well, yeah, but I thought you guys threw up all all the links. I was like, no, absolutely not. So uh, one of our producers put up a, a interesting link about the Deadpool movie and uh, how it's Ryan Reynolds' finest role, uh, as far as the script goes, I guess. Yeah, it, it looks great. It looks great? Are you saying that out of... Are you being sarcastic? I'm trying to be positive. <laughs> movie about Deadpool! Give me a freaking break! <laughs> hey, man, if they do it right, it could be good. As long as it's the exact opposite of what he was in Wolverine Origins, I'd be fine. I mean, he could even have a, a long legs and a wig, and it'd be better than the Wolverine Origins Deadpool. I think I read that issue. Did you? It was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think first we're going to do some uh, current events. Current events. All right, current events. That's what we're going to do. And for current events, what do we got, Jared? I believe we have Chaos War and Uncanny X-Force. Now, I I could obviously tell that you were more excited about one of those and not the other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty apparent. Dude, Chaos War is huge. We have to talk about it. I know you don't want to talk about it. But is it huge? Is it really? Did, Did you see? Look, how many? All right. Did you see how many books tie into this? This is insane. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. Almost twenty different books, and and also Incredible Hulk's tie into it. So, <laughs> hey, if it if it has any meaning in six months, awesome. <laughs> Not you can just say, Jared, you were right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you right now, Jared, you're right. <laughs> All right, I know that this is not going to matter, but it matters right now. It's current events. It's what's up. So open your book up to the extra-sized event kickoff issue of Chaos War. Marvel Limited Series number one. You got it? You know it. All right. What about this cover? God battles God to save the Marvel Universe. It's Honestly, it's like looking at a picture of the two of us, really. The two of us? Yeah. I mean, just, I mean, they got our physiques down to the T. That's true. My veins aren't as big as Hercules's. Well, no, that one's me. Oh, right, 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 right. <laughs> well, you have the long, flowy hair. I do indeed. I mean, obviously, now, see, now you're going to get people confused because that's not what it looks like on our on our, our page, our logo. I'm sorry. I guess I, I thought you more of Thor because I think you look better in chain mail. Um, and I also look better covered. 
So, with clothes. <laughs> take that from me. Yeah, is Hercules wearing anything but bootstraps? Um, big bootstraps. <laughs> Some sort of I'm cape not, thing. I don't know if you have a cod piece on or what's going on down there. Okay, next page. Woo! All right. This is a cool <laughs> cover. <laughs> All right, now that we know that Hercules is nude on the cover, we'll, uh... <laughs> All right, some side with heroes, others spread dread and despair. One god cares for neither. He is the Chaos King, and he will stop at nothing to end everything with his Chaos War. This sounds huge, Darren. I don't understand. How could it be so meaningless? Just keep reading, and you'll find out. Okay. <laughs> all right, well, look, first of all, Greg Pak and Fred Vinlante... They do a good job. I've said it before. They have tight writing. They do okay. It just doesn't matter in the rest of the world. Yeah. All right, now what about Koi Fam? You like his work? I think he's decent. He's not my favorite, but he's not, he's not you know, the top ten worst or anything. The top ten worst, so the bottom ten? Yeah, he's not bad. He's just kind of like a middle guy. i I got to say I kind of enjoyed the art. The coloring kind of threw me for a loop, but I like the art. Yeah, I think it would. I think it'd be a totally different issue if if the coloring wasn't like that. Yeah, that's true. That's because true. the coloring just seems to add a lot of even unnecessary detail. Like I'm just looking at the first page with Nightmare and his his um, like his stomach muscles. I think it would look totally different without all that coloring crap. Yeah, but isn't that the inker who does that, or no? Well, the inker just does the blacks, so the colorist would do. These different shades of green. Ah, I see. But Nightmare looks... That's just getting picky. <laughs> well, no, I mean, this is good to know. All right, let's let's uh, let's take a look at this disaster. I mean, comic. All right, we are in the dream dimension, the domain of Nightmare, the Lord of Horror. And basically, he's like, what? Hercules is back? How is this possible? This is fantastic! I'm going to use what he sees of the Chaos King to uh, make people scared with nightmares and stuff. So then all of a sudden, he gets attacked. He's like, what? What's going on? And the Chaos King, which I don't really know why the Chaos King changed his name. It was Amatsu Mikaboshi. Amatsu Mikaboshi. I think I had that for lunch. <laughs> no, you're a very picky eater. You had chicken nuggets. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we saw this guy before in the God Squad, which was during the Secret Invasion, uh, most recently in, you know, last year. And we saw him before that in 2006, uh, in Thor Blood Oath and Ares God of War, and I'm reading off of Wikipedia here, let's be honest. But basically, uh, Amatsu Mikabashi joined the God Squad, but he wants everything to die except for him. He does not care about good or evil. All he wants to do is be the only living thing in the universe on this plane of existence. I mean, what's his motivation for that? Why would he want to do that? I thought that, you know, reading this issue, it says that he existed before even eternity existed. So maybe it's to get back to how it all began. But what does that mean? I mean, how we got to this point because, oh, goodness gracious, that whole thing with 
the oh now I forgot about it. How do we get to this point? What was it called? You know what I'm talking about. No, you didn't read it. You don't know what I'm talking about. Is it something in Hercules? Yeah. Yeah, my friend told me not to read that, so I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you suck. All right. <laughs> Basically, some group who we, I can't remember their names, was trying to recreate the Earth like an alternate Earth and then have everybody escape into that Earth but take over and then destroy the new one, or the old one. And, uh, you know, the the Olympus group, I think is what it was called, and there's all these demigods and all this stuff going on, and, and Hercules, they, they mounted this attack, assault on New Olympus, and, and supposedly Hercules died, but we find out later in this issue that he wasn't really dead, he just got transported into the new alternate universe, and anyway, it was a big waste of time, basically. It, it didn't matter, and it had to do with the Hulks at the time, and kind of like ran off into its own little area of the Marvel Universe. And so now, in his stead, uh, Amadeus Cho, your favorite and mine, has kind of been standing in there and saying, all right, well, I'll, you know, I'll take over the Olympus group and I'll right the wrongs of Hercules and I'll go tell all his widows because he was apparently married a lot but also was with a lot of women. And so he took all that onto himself and tried to make everything good. So we get to this point. Alright, now we're at this comic. Nightmare is killed by the Chaos God and uh, he takes out his heart and cuts off his head and then as soon as that happens we have people all over the world who feel this and we have you know, Dr. Voodoo, Emma Frost, we have Bob Grayson, the Marvel boy from your favorite of mine, Agents of Atlas. And then all of a sudden, Hercules appears in the city. And he's in his awesome flowing cape that's tattered with his bulging muscles. It's fantastic. So this whole thing shatters everything in the, the world. And everything's just shaken. You know, this is ridiculous. It's like... He gets here, and so everybody gets knocked off their feet, and all the, all the glass breaks in the world. You know? Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, these people are like, hey, what are you doing? You can't do this. Who's going to pay for this? You know? And kind of like the pre-Civil War type stuff. And he says, no, I have to warn you about an, an, a, a coming evil. And then we find out that he's ultra-powered up, and the Avengers get on the scene, and they're about to take him out, and then he tries to hold back and all of a sudden Amadeus Cho and Delphine Gorgon show up who is Amadeus's girlfriend uh, and you know Iron Man says oh I knew you were in on this and he says oh I got this this is pretty ridiculous let's be honest <laughs> I'm having a hard time even even talking about this issue I hope the rest of them we're not going to do every single issue we're going to we're going to gauge how this goes I think that's a good idea okay <laughs> Alright, so he loses control, and then all of a sudden, all these elder gods show up, and he's like, oh, I'm going to take you all on, and he starts fighting them, and then all of a sudden, he smacks Boulder in the face, and then Thor shows up and hits him on the head, <laughs> which was like a bonk, and then he says, enough! And actually, I really did like this picture of Thor coming down. I thought that was good. Yeah, I've never, I don't think I've ever heard Thor say shut up, but... 
yeah, that's a good picture. Shuttest thou up? Yeah, that's what I was expecting to hear. It's like, dude, yo, shut up. Enough, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> well, whatever. All right, so then Hercules zooms into space because he's <laughs> ultra-powerful, and he calls, like, all these heroes all over the world. We see him, you're calling the new Black Panther and the people at Avengers Tower, which I'm not sure why Steve Rogers is at Avengers Tower. That doesn't make sense to me. And then uh, Dr. Voodoo, Hawkeye, Archangel. We get some people from the Atlas Foundation. <laughs> Can't even remember those people's names. And then uh, we got the Fantastic Four. And he smacks his hands together. And everybody appears in Central Park. And he says, today you earn your name. You call yourselves heroes, but today you earn it. He talks about the Japanese named him Amatsu Mikobashi, Lord of Darkness and Chaos. But now he is the Chaos King. And all he wants to do is destroy everything. And we're going to have to fly into space and do it. And kill him. And so Spider-Man with a really small head says, are we flying? Wolverine is... Like, yes, we are. And then we get a cool picture of all these heroes flying, ready to fight a god. And all of them look so confident. And so they're flying, and all of a sudden they see nightmares people, minions, running away. And Thor and Hercules go, and they find Nightmare's dead body. And they turn back, and they see... What do they see? How do I explain this? I mean, they see all the heroes just in space, like they're oxygen deprived, like they would be, and uh, they're entangled. I don't know. You just see tentacles of darkness, but it, nobody's really touching the tentacles. They're all just around. I don't know what's going on here, but I gotta tell you. I mean, what did you think would happen if you flew a bunch of people in space without oxygen? <laughs> uh, good question. So I read up on this, and the whole thing about this Chaos War is that the Chaos King wants to be life and death in this universe. He wants to be everything. Now, doesn't that flow kind of counter to what we're seeing in space right now with the Thanos imperative? Mm, I'm a little behind on the Thanos imperative. I knew you would see that. I knew it. You knew it. All right, all right. Mr. Jared, the Thanos imperative right now the Cancerverse is coming into our universe, and that is a universe where life has won instead of death. So, if you can somehow make it opposite of what it is here, so life is running rampant, and they have to kill the abstract, or the scion, or avatar, that's it, avatar of death in our universe, which is Thanos. But we need death to stay alive so that we can combat this universe where life has won. So it's kind of interesting, but this goes completely counter to this because this isn't even, uh, you know, the other one's like an alternate dimension. We were out in space, now we're in an alternate dimension. But here, we're like in the pantheon of gods. So I think that really attacking Hercules is not the way to do this. I think he needs to attack Thanos... And the Cancerverse, and, and kind of, you know, stick his foot in there. That works. What I'm asking is, why in the world would they do this story? Well, because don't they need to bring Hercules back? Yeah. And a bunch of dead characters? 
Are they going to bring a bunch of dead characters back? I mean, the whole Dead Avengers team is coming back. The Alpha Flight's coming back. We saw a preview of Dead X-Men characters like Banshee and Thunderbird and the Cuckoos coming back. All five of the Cuckoos? No, because three of them are still alive. Right. Okay, that's what I meant. The two, but two of them, like one of them was evil, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think it was SME. <laughs> I am impressed that you know her name. I think that's who it was. <laughs> don't quote me. That is amazing. And you don't even like you don't even like the Grant Morrison run. Well, it was okay. It wasn't my favorite. No, you don't like it. My job is to know the X Men stuff. <laughs> all right, so to know everything else. <laughs> all right, so are the dead X Men gonna come back in this? Because I thought they were gonna come back in a different. I thought they were coming back in the Chaos War X Men. Oh, maybe, but that's like the last issue, right? Whoa, calm down. You right? My bad. Yeah, that's like the the second to last issue, right before Chaos War 5. It could happen. I suppose. Because, I mean, Alpha Flight's coming back, you got Dead Avengers. Now, uh, alright, but are these people going to, are these people going to stay in, in, in the game? I, I, I kind of think maybe a couple will. I, I have you... a feeling that that's part of the reason Marvel's doing this. That's just my guess. And do you think that's why they're making it such a big deal? Because I would actually hate for a bunch of people to come back if it was not a big deal. Well, it's kind of like Necrotia. You know, we had all these dead X-Men people come back, and a lot of them died, but some of them stayed. Who stayed? Well, um, Cypher. He stayed. That's Warlock. True. Right, but Warlock's not human? Well, still, he was dead. All right, so Cypher and Warlock. Didn't some others stay? I can't think of anybody. Wait, maybe Dazzler's sister? No? Oh, yeah, she stayed, didn't she? Yeah. It's yeah. Sa- it's sad that I know that. Because <laughs> that was one issue, and that was terrible. <laughs> the Dazzler one-shot! Woo! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so what can we expect from this book? I'm, I'm not going to do the backup, the backup series. Or the yeah, I didn't even get to that. Yeah, it's he's wandering around in the, you know, alternate universe, beating up things that may or may not be real. So why would why would you not read this? Like for real? Yeah, for real. Why would you not read this? Oh, because I don't think it's gonna have any bearing whatsoever. After like six months, I think it's just a, a big plot device to bring back a couple characters and Hercules. Right, but... It's the sales thing, too. I mean, you know, Hercules was not selling any issues. You know, no one was buying Hercules. They didn't care about Hercules or Amadeus Cho. So you get together a big event with every Marvel character, including Wolverine and Spider-Man, and you make it seem like it's meaningful, you know? And you've got instant cashola. Do you look at the sales numbers? Oh, yeah, every month. Do you really? Oh, yeah. All right, well, I'm, I'm going to bring this up later, but, I mean, I just found out today that Young A- Young Allies is being canceled. Hallelujah. What are you talking about, man? They... <laughs> Who cares about that? No one buys it. I care about it. I buy it. Well, then you've got six issues, and it was a nice little miniseries, huh? No, I wanted to keep going. I like it. <laughs> Why do you not like that? It was just a bunch of characters I didn't care about. Yeah, but the interaction between the characters is the is the important thing. 
Not if you don't care about them in the first place. It doesn't matter their interaction. But, but Spider Girl's starting up. For now, how many times has she been canceled? Dude, it's a different character. It's Aranya. How many times has Aranya been able to hold a series? Her series have always turned into limited series. Weren't they slated to be limited series? Who knows? No one cares about Aranya either. Well, I mean, didn't she win a bunch of awards for being the, uh, like a Hispanic hero? A Hispanic woman hero? Well, yeah, but that doesn't mean it's a good read. Well, that's true. But they're, <laughs> but they're changing it from Sean McKeever to, to, what's his name, Paul Tobin? They're changing it to Tobin, which Tobin's okay, don't get me wrong, but, I mean, he, he doesn't write a whole lot of uh, 616 stuff. Well, I mean, the thing is, you can get, you know, Jim Lee and Jack Kirby or Stanley or whoever you want on a book. And if the people don't really care about the character, it does, it's not going to matter. I guess that's true, but what, in your opinion, makes people care about characters? If they're interesting, you know, and, and a, 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 a little girl that has pseudo Spider-Man powers but isn't really connected to Spider-Man, kind of just not interesting. you got to define interesting. Like, what about, are you talking about characterization? Are you talking about... Her origin, her powers, her supporting cast, the things she does, they don't draw people in. And that's what, that was the same problems with the Young Allies. Is it just wasn't a bunch of characters that were, you know, had these really cool paths or had really cool interactions with other people or they weren't set apart as being different and made, made the reader want to read about them. Dude, I, and that was that was the problem. I totally disagree with you. Well, money is the answer, you know, and that's why it got canceled. So, uh, all right. So, how far down the list was it? It wasn't even in the top one hundred of Marvel books. Oh well, of Marvel books, yeah. But I don't. I just read the top one hundred of comic books, like the list that comes out monthly from Diamond. Okay, well, what what's in the top ten? Uh, um, the uh, whatever DC has that don't they have some kind of all star something going on right now? Not really sure. No, I don't. I don't know. No, I'm asking you. I want you to read the top ten list to me. Oh well, let me get the top. Ten. <laughs> <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> all right, here we go. All right, what do you want to know? All right, top ten. Top ten. For August. No, I'm sorry. Top 10 for September 2010. Wolverine, Brightest Day, Brightest Day, Green Lantern, Batman and Robin, Avengers, New Avengers, Batman, Secret Avengers, and Amazing Spider-Man. All right, keep going. Well, all right. Uh, X-Men, Green Lantern Corps, uh, Uncanny X-Men, Flash, Amazing Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man, Justice League, Green Lantern, and Thor. That's your top 20. So Captain America and Daredevil weren't even in there, and Shadowlands not in there? Nope. And Iron Man's not? Nope. Shadowland is 28. Captain America is 26. Where's Daredevil? 32. Where's Walking Dead? 69. Huh. Well, that's interesting. I never looked at that before. <laughs> Oh, yeah, every month. I just want to you know, see what's getting canceled, really. is like, you know, where do I want to invest my time in? 
I can't read that. It's going to be gone in two months. <laughs> exactly, you know. No, but I mean, don't you read it for the story? You, you don't read for the stories? I do, but I mean, like, it's kind of cool to see, you know, what, like, Ms. Marvel, you know, back when she had her series. Right. I was, I was digging it for a while, and then, and, you know, I, I didn't stop reading it, but I saw, oh, you know, it's creeping in the 80s. And the next one, I thought, it's in the 90s. So you just kind of know, well, don't be surprised if, you know, when she hits issue 50, she doesn't come back, you know? Uh, yeah, see, I don't know. I think that would really ruin it for me to watch the numbers like that. Well, it's kind of good, too. You know, you can kind of see who who do I need to promote on the Facebook page, you know? So you tamper with the numbers on the page? <laughs> no. <laughs> but, I mean, if you, you just see, you know, like Deadpool, his highest ranking is number 47. And yet he has all these different books. Yeah, that makes no sense. Yeah. So it's just kind of like, sweet. Well, you know, I know that Deadpool... Deadpool Corpse is number 92. So it's probably not going to be around much longer. Deadpool Pulp debuted at 97. We're not going to worry about that much longer. Deadpool Wade Wilson's War is at 90. You know, they're all they're all there at the bottom. So it just kind of tells me it's probably just a trend. Well, I hope Deadpool Core goes away because I can't take much more of it. Uh, I don't read any of them. It's, in, it's insane. Deadpool proper is is good, actually. And Deadpool Team-Up is actually pretty good, too. But the rest of them, not so much. Yeah. But they have good artists, though. So that's kind of the key on that one. So how did we get to this? We were talking about Chaos War. Yeah, yeah, but I really was interested in how you gauge a book. Like, how you gauge the interesting... Because the Young the young Allies, to me, was interesting. Because, number one, it was a team that hadn't fully formed yet. And they were come together in pieces and kind of like, you know, circumstances kept bringing them together because they each had a piece of the, the puzzle... And then it wasn't like they were the Young Avengers where they set out to be heroes and, and like, oh, let's form a team. It wasn't like Runaways where, like, you know, they're not even a super team. They just happen to all have powers. Uh, it's not like, what was the other Young team out there? Wasn't there another one? The New Mutants, Generation X. Yeah, well, I don't know much about them. You know, it's not like New Mutants because they're not mutants and they're not fighting for... I don't know. I thought it was interesting. I thought they did good. I thought, I think Nomad is a good character. I like Nomad a lot. I like Gravity a ton. I was really digging... Um, oh, what's her name? What's the girl's name? Firestar. Firestar. Yeah, I like her. Yeah, see, Firestar was the only one that was even remotely interesting to me. You don't... Just- after after that after that Spider Man story arc about the the Grim Hunt, you don't find Aranya at all interesting. The whole time I was rooting for her to die. Do you remember? Yes, yes, yes. Besides all that, I no. Would, but the, I want to just like kick her butt and have her be killed. I would really like to see something happen with her because I want to know what the difference is because she was she chose it right, mm-hmm. and she didn't stumble into it like everybody else. Yeah. So, I mean, they even mentioned that in The Grim Hunt. I mean, I guess it's just ultimately boils down to different strokes, you know. Uh, you know, God made us all with different interests and different things that we liked. So, you know, it's totally fine if you like crappy characters. Uh, you had to bring God into this! <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
just messing with you. Oh, my goodness. All right, whatever. Chaos War, we're all, all looking forward to it. So is there anything that you're going to read on here? Well, I will definitely read Chaos War X-Men. Okay. And I'll probably film through Chaos War Alpha Flight. Why do you care about Alpha Flight? Well, I don't necessarily care about them, but I remember. do you remember when they were killed off? Yes. And there was just like that huge, what, you know, everybody's so upset. So I kind of want to just read it to see what they're going to do. You know, are they going to bring back some of them, or are they just going to leave us with Sasquatch? <laughs> um, so are you, gonna, are you interested in, in Dead Avengers? Uh, not so much. I don't understand how they can bring back Vision when he's already back. <laughs> I know. That doesn't... I mean, I like Captain Marvel a lot, but I only like him because of Earth-X. So I really, you know... So are you going to read all the Chaos War issues? You know I am. Well, are there some that you're going to read more for enjoyment as opposed to guilt that you're not reading another one? <laughs> don't mock me! Yes. <laughs> yeah. I feel guilty I'm not reading everything. I'm... <laughs> If Jackie could hear you right now, she'd be like, exactly, exactly. Listen to your friend Mayo. <laughs> well, which ones are you looking forward to then? I'll probably read Dead Avengers. I like, is that Swordsman or no? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's all right. I like Captain Marvel. I like Vision. I really don't care about Wasp. So. Well, she's not supposed to be in it, is she? Isn't that who that is? The girl? Whoa, I misspoke. Calm down. <laughs> oh, Yellow Jacket, too. Yeah. I really need to know what happens to Amadeus Cho. Yeah, I'm on the edge of my seat, too. <laughs> All right, enough of this. So you, <laughs> you're doing... You know, this whole thing started in World War... When was the last time we had a good Hulk story? Yeah, it's a good question. Well, Planet Hulk was decent. Yes, it was. So... That's what I'm going to go with, Planet Hulk. So, not World War Hulk? Uh, I thought some of it was just contrived. I'm like, I know Hulk's powerful, but I feel like they were just, like, setting it up. Like, he can beat everyone. <laughs> right. You know? See, I would say before that, I really, I know I'm going to catch a lot of flack for this, but, like, was it Chuck Jones or Chuck Austin? When he was writing it. Austin. It can't be Chuck Austin. Oh, it was Bruce Jones. No. Is that right? Well, Chuck Jones, he created, like, uh, Bugs Bunny. <laughs> I'm thinking it's not him. Bruce Jones. Okay. What did he What did he have to say good about the Hulk? Oh, dude, he did Return of the Monster, issue 34, with John Romita Jr. Okay. And... Well, that before Planet Hulk? Yeah, it was way before Planet Hulk, man. Dude, I think that was the best, the last time that Hulk was good. That's what I think. I mean, well, Bruce Jones' whole run, he stopped at issue 76, and then Peter David picked it up at issue 77. And then we had Prelude to Planet Hulk, which was terrible. Actually, I really didn't like the Peter David. I know Peter David's like supposed to be the guy for Hulk, but I, I really didn't like him. Well, I think he's kind of like, you know, Peter David is to Hulk what Chris Claremont is to X-Men. You know, sometimes it's good to just remember how good they did. Yeah, and just leave it at that. All right. I'm totally depressed and deflated now. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go, dude. 
Uncanny X-Force number one. <laughs> All right. Well, Uncanny X-Force number one. Well, what do you think about this cover? Which cover are you looking at? It has multiple covers, right? I'm sorry. The one that's kind of like, do you have both of them? I have, I, I have them all pulled up on Google Image. Okay. I'm looking at the, basically the two, two are the same. They're just different shades of, uh, like they're on a rooftop building. Yeah. Those are the only two that I have. Okay. I gotta say that it's okay. It's a very strange, I like the shading and I like the coloring, but the, the pencils are kind of odd. Very artsy. Yeah, that's a good way that's a good way to say it. But I mean like the people's hands and Archangel's wings, uh, you know, it is extremely artsy cuz what kind of building are they on that has I don't know, it looks like the roof of like Mary Poppins or something. <laughs> and Phantom X, I I really do not dig Deadpool's costume. Yeah. No. I really don't dig Deadpool. <laughs> okay, besides that, yeah, I mean, it's just a white version, isn't it? It's white instead of red. Yeah, yeah, I know. I, I mean, that's what I mean. I don't like the white version. Is that racist? It's a color. Just saying. <laughs> don't be racist. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. All right, go on. Tell, right. <laughs> tell me what is happening in this in this comic book. Well, it opens up with Deadpool talking to himself, and he jumps off. He's, he's in some kind of, uh, well, we know that he's in the Apocalypse's base. And uh, he's looking for whatever he's looking for. And uh, he finds the ominous fortress of impending doom, which is what he calls it. And um, it just, for me personally, that's what what kind of threw me off about this whole issue. Is because it's supposed to be, you know, the number one issue, this larger-than-life thing, because X-Force is going after Apocalypse. But in the meantime, I've got this, this character that's basically, you know, talking to himself. He's insane. And he's just doing comedy relief the whole time, which is just kind of just taking me way out of out of the comic book. You know, it's taken me out of this hunt for apocalypse into him talking about uh, it's all right, Pinky. Think of the bank account and and all kinds of crazy stuff or whatever. But um, the Deadpool stumbles upon what it looks like some kind of um, ritual to bring apocalypse back to life. And, and he sees a lady sacrifice herself um, in front of the altar of Apocalypse, and the eyes of Apocalypse glow. And uh, he says, yep, I definitely found who I'm looking for. But then he goes into some j- joke about the band No Doubt. And that, it just that kills me. It just takes me out of the where we're supposed to be. And um, just as he, he turns around, he sees one of the horsemen of Apocalypse start to attack him. Um, as that fight starts, we are taken to the mind of Psylocke and she's having a dream about her and Archangel and um, fighting uh, Archangel's inner demons with between the angel persona and the Archangel persona and uh, she wakes up uh, in the middle of the night and uh, Psylocke and, uh, and Angel speak to each other um, and, and we find out that uh, the Archangel persona is much more aggressive and, and Angel doesn't have as much of a control over the Archangel persona as uh, as we might have thought. And so Psylocke's duty on this team is to kind of keep him in check and uh, help Angel uh, control the Archangel persona. And we're also, this also sets up that Psylocke and 
right, explain this to me. When were they in a relationship? Uh, back in the 90s, they were a couple. Okay, and they were, like, always? I mean, how long? Uh, they probably got together. Um, they got together before Onslaught, so probably, like, mm, like around maybe, like, issue 25, around that, that, around that area, Uncanny X-Men 325, so probably around, like, uh, 95, 96. Okay, all right. Together up until uh, Husk came around. and Well, actually, you know, Psylocke died, and, and Husk came around the X-Men team and got together with Angel. Okay, how did how did Psylocke die again? Uh, she was killed by Vargas in X-Men Extreme. Oh, okay, all right. That was a little bit before your time, wasn't it? Yeah, I have, like I, I've said this before, I have all the X-Men Extreme trades. I just can't bring myself to read them. I, I can't do Claremont. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I saw, I can't, I can't. I did read the trade of X-Men Days of Futures Past, but that's, that's it, man. But that was good. Yeah, that was good. You're right. You're right. But then you sold Mutant, what'd you sell? What, what, was, what were the two prizes for the contest? Mutant Massacre and Inferno. Oh, good storyline. I didn't sell them. They earned them. But you didn't read them. No. Yeah, see, there we go. No, I started X-Men Inferno, so those are like near mint condition. I know, but you didn't read them. I don't care what condition they're in. You didn't read them. No, I'm I'm saying for our winners, for Adrian and... uh, Change the subject. You did not read Claremont's best works. Yeah, I, I, uh, no, I didn't. No, I did. I read Days of Future Past. One. There's a second one? No, I mean, you didn't read Mutant Massacre or Inferno. I am reading so many Marvel comics right now. (laughs) (laughs) There is no way I can fit anything else in. All right, I'll stop scolding you. (laughs) Thank you. All right. (laughs) So Angel's surprise phone goes off, and... So Psylocke and Angel suit up, and they decide they need to head out. Uh, meanwhile, at the Tower of London, Phantom X is breaking into the Tower of London, I guess. <laughs> and Wolverine is there, and uh, they talk for a little bit, and they make a bet, and Wolverine wins the bet. And then they all get on EVA, or EVA, whatever you'd like to call it, which is the outside like exoskeleton of Phantom X kind of weird and so they all are traveling based on the phone call that warren received that something has been picked up concerning in sabanur or apocalypse and uh there's some flirting with phantom x towards psylocke and she just kind of shuts him down wolverine says that angel can't go in archangel can't go in alone because it's too personal and that they need to lead this together and that wolverine will deal with it however you might not remember this, but Wolverine was also a horseman of Apocalypse at one point in time. And so I don't understand how Archangel is too personal, but not for Wolverine. I don't know if maybe that's a continuity glitch or what that is. No, I think they, I think they talk about that. All right, so when was, when was Archangel a horseman and when was Wolverine a horseman? Explain that to me. Archangel was, a, was one of the original four horsemen of Apocalypse back in X, the early X-Factor issues. That's when, uh, well, Angel lost his wings during the Mutant Massacre, and then Apocalypse took him over and turned him into Archangel. And then Wolverine was a horseman of Apocalypse during the 12 
saga. Um, Wolverine, uh, Apocalypse captured Wolverine and gave him back his adamantium and turned him into a horseman. That was probably back in, like, 98, 99. Okay, so that was, all right. And then, like, so he agreed to it, or he captured him, or... No, he was, no, 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 he was captured. He was captured. It was going to be either Sabretooth or Wolverine, and Apocalypse captured both of them and pitted them against each other, and Wolverine won. Ah. So the adamantium was extracted from Sabretooth and put on to Wolverine. Oh. Wait, what adamantium did Sabretooth have? Adamantium. Apocalypse gave Sabretooth adamantium at one point in time. Oh. This guy gets around. Yeah, he does. <laughs> He's a busy guy. All right. All right. Thank you. Go on. Yeah. So then uh, they all get into Apocalypse's base, um, the four of them with Deadpool already inside, and they start attacking you know, whatever they need to. They, well, this horseman, uh, war or death, I'm not sure which one it is. Um, but as as it attacks Wolverine, then it kind of possesses Wolverine, and he turns crazy and attacks the Archangel. And then Psylocke goes to shove her psychic knife into the horseman's brain, and it turns her crazy, too. Um, but Phantom X is able to help her out with that and actually kills the horseman by making it believe that it's fallen in love with Psylocke. So he explodes, and then Psylocke stabs Wolverine in the head with her psychic knife, which kind of... which frees her him of uh, his possession or whatever. Then we cut to Deadpool, and he's been captured by Apocalypse's minions, and Phantom X and the rest of X-Force come to his rescue, and it turns out that one of the, their celestial ships has decided that uh, anything that it doesn't register as being part of the ship is going to be destroyed, so they have to take a run, and they jump out into EVA or EVA and escape. Uh, they said this is just the beginning, uh, that that was, just, uh, that was just war that they brought with, and the last men have been awoken, and uh, they're going to have to find Apocalypse and, and take him down. And then we have a kind of like an epilogue. We're not exactly sure where this is happening, but we see a child and a teacher, and the child has pink eyes with blue lips like Apocalypse. So it kind of leads us to assume that Apocalypse is possessing this little boy. Huh. And we're done. All right, so what do you make of this issue? I thought it was okay. It was a... it was, it's kind of hard to follow the last X-Force series, you know, because right. it was so good. There, that series was just, like, almost perfect. And so it's just kind of Jared's little hang-ups about this issue because it's not it's not the old team, it's not the old art, that kind of thing. And it's, of course, got freaking Deadpool on it. But, but otherwise, I think it's a good setup to things to come. What about yourself? Well... I want to ask you again, I want to ask you, the Apocalypse Solution, I mean, where is this story going? Um, I'm assuming, just like with every Apocalypse story, they want to kill him for good. Okay, but he keeps coming back. They keep just raising him with, I mean, how does he keep coming back? Well, for a long time, we well, we didn't really know until the 12, the 12 storyline back in like 99, um, that Apocalypse actually inhibits bodies, and we didn't. That was never part of the canon for since Apocalypse had been around. And so he brought all the X-Men together, called the Twelve, 
And what they were to do is to be able to prepare, uh, you know, use their energies or, or whatever to prepare a body for Apocalypse to go into. So Apocalypse turned to his, you know, misty form or whatever and went to inhabit the body of Nate Gray, X-Man, and Cyclops jumped in the way, so he inhabited Cyclops. And so that's when, um, you know, they thought Cyclops is dead and, and all that good stuff. And so Gene and Cable um, were able to find the Cyclops, is what they called it, and they were able to supposedly kill Apocalypse with um, Cable's scimitar. He had, he had a, a, like a, a, a band, like a bow, and uh, he was able to focus all his energy into that, called his scimitar, and he killed Apocalypse, supposedly. Then Apocalypse came back a couple years ago, and then, you, I don't know, you probably, you were you were reading comics around that time when Apocalypse yeah, came back. Yeah, yeah, with Gambit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the Celestials took him. It was like, the, kind of, it was something of the blood, the blood... Uh... Blood of Apocalypse, yeah. Okay. But then the Celestials came back, and they took him away as punishment for whatever... So I kind of thought he was going to be gone for quite a long time, but I guess he's back now. All right, so what do you think? Is this his real body, or is he inhabiting somebody else? I, well, I'm assuming he's probably just inhabiting something right now, somebody, this little child. Now, did uh, did he did he change um, Chamber at one time? Yeah, because it turns out that Chamber was in his line of, was in his lineage. What do you mean in his lineage? Like he's some kind of great, 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 great grandson of, or somehow. He's, he was, his family was part of Clan Akaba, and that's Apocalypse's clan. Holy cow, you know a lot about this. <laughs> I'm telling you, man, just X-Men. <laughs> you, have to, you have to know everything else from Cosmic to Spider-Man to Hulk to Strider. you got to know everything else. That's a lot of pressure. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, about the issue, it was it was good. I didn't have the problems that you had about Daredevil. I mean, not Daredevil, Deadpool. I didn't really have all those you know issues with him. Uh, I like where the story's going between Archangel and Angel and how they're going to have to deal with that. I would like to see Angel just get back to normal, but I don't think that's going to happen because this series he's a key player and Archangel's kind of like the guy for this. Yeah. I did like most of the art in this, though. I thought that was good. I, I like the the guy that the um, the sentry that comes up against Deadpool. You know, the Horseman or whatever. I thought mm-hmm. he I thought he was drawn really well. I was kind of thrown into the middle of this, but I like how they're tying you know past continuity into the current stuff. But it seemed like I was definitely missing a lot of pieces. And that kind of goes back to our last podcast. Wouldn't it be nice to just have an asterisk that says, see this issue, or for more details, or go here? Yeah, but that kind of ruins the mood for me. I mean, when you're reading and all of a sudden you think that, you know, this is really pertinent information, but it's like, oh, well. If you're a 15-year-old boy, okay, and you go to a comic stand and you see this really cool picture of Wolverine on the front with these other characters you don't know, but it's cool. I'll pick it up. And as you're reading it, you're like, wait, what is this? What's this dream sequence? What is it? Why is he going back and forth? I don't, does he even understand that Archangel is the same person as Angel? You don't understand that stuff. 
So even just an asterisk to say, hey, now, you know, we've got some pieces, you know, we can fill you in, something. That's what I liked about, like, back in the early 2000s, late 90s, that the, the gatefold covers of each comic book would have, like, a recap, and it would say, you know, this is Angel, and, and it would tell you the pertinent stuff that you need to know to make the story accessible to new people. Yeah. I, you mean the individual characters? Yeah, yeah, I'd say, like, you know, Angel, you know, born multi-millionaire, was once possessed by, yeah, not possessed, but, you know, his, his feathery wings were taken by Apocalypse, he switched back, but now is on revenge and trying to control these these powers. You know, at least lets you know what his connection is and that he can change to two different people and, and all that stuff, because, I mean, even just a couple sentences would, would help the new casual reader. Yeah, I know sometimes, you know, because I read so many comics, oftentimes I pick up an issue and I say, now what in the world was going on in this series last month? And I'll have no idea. So I do take the time to read the recap page. And most of the time that gives you information that you miss when you just, you know, read over the book casually. Um, But I, I don't think I've ever stopped to read you know, who the characters are. Well, maybe I have if I recognize, a, or if I don't recognize a face. I don't know. I, the, I like how, I like the art in this, but it just doesn't seem like, I think Phantom X would be such a cool character if he wasn't French. And I don't mean to be, <laughs> I just can't get over that. Like, you know, he's, did you see Ocean's 11 or Ocean's 12, I guess? Yeah. Okay, that French guy who was always trying to, like, steal out from underneath him. That's what this guy reminds me of, and I just can't get over that. That's just how he's always been, though. He's always just been the snooty little character. Yeah, but he has such a cool costume, and, like, he does cool things, but he's his personality's just crap. Yeah, <laughs> maybe he'll die. <laughs> well, anyway, I really don't see him and Wolverine getting along at all, and I think they would get along less than what is seen here. But I did like how they switched uh, costumes midway for Wolverine. You know what I mean? Midway. Yeah, midway through the issue. Like he was wearing the yellow. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what, yeah. I forgot about that. Right, and then he went to the black costume. So I did appreciate it. his X-Force gear. Right, right. And I guess that's it. I mean, for this one... I'm interested to see Apocalypse has always ever since I saw him in the in the '90s cartoon, he's he's definitely always like grabbed my attention, and I want to know more about him. But he's such a main villain that you have to kill him. You can't leave him. Like, you know, Spider-Man after the Vulture, he throws him in jail, and that's it. But Apocalypse, you know, and then like we get him, you know, a few years later. But Apocalypse yeah. is such. A, a powerful character that every story arc he's in, you have to kill him or else it's going to be like this epic saga, you know? For real, yeah. That, but that's kind of one of the cool things, too, is, you know, are they going to be able to do it? Yeah, but I think it cheapens it if they are able to do it within six issues. Like the last time we saw him with the with the gambit and stuff, I, I was just like, what is going on here? This doesn't make any sense. He's He's more powerful than this. But I, I'm with you. Like that's when I got hooked too. Is when I saw him in the '90s cartoon. You're just like, 
who is this dude? He is awesome. I totally agree. I totally agree. And then him and Mr. Sinister. Yeah. Yeah, he's... I was just reading some old Weapon X stuff today with Mr. Sinister, and I couldn't put it down. It's good stuff. Is there anything else with this? No, I think we're about ready to wrap, wrap up the current events. I think so, too. Especially since it's like we're going on an hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> I know, and we've only done two comics. <laughs> All right. Let's do some... State of the Union. State of the Union. Alright, awesome. State of the Union. Now, uh, I think this State of the Union, we're going to do it a little bit different. We're going to kind of address some questions that um, our, our, our listeners and fans had. Uh, an amalgamation of stuff on Facebook and then stuff we received in the emails. So we're going to try to hit these all at one time. And we'll just go back and forth and see how far we get. All right, number one, Matt Fraction taking over Thor. Your thoughts? Not, not even a blip to me. Doesn't not a, not a title I really look at. Yeah, but I mean, he's leaving from X Men. That's fine. I haven't really cared for X Men for a while. Well, you're so tight lipped. I'm sorry. I'm very choleric. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, here's the thing. Like he. We just saw a picture of John Sublime before, you know, Second Coming. I want him to finish that. I want to know where he was going with all this stuff. He's got a lot of loose ends, it seems like. And now he's moving to Thor, and there's no real sign that he's moving away from X-Men. But he is picking up, isn't he picking up a second writer? Gillen or something? I thought so, yeah. And the... the and the pastime, when uh, Brubaker picked up a writer, he passed it off to Fraction. Yeah. So, I mean, does this mean that Fraction's going to leave the book, you think? Oh, I didn't think of it that way. Possibly. I don't know. What do you? Why don't you tell us what you think about it? I think you have a stronger opinion than I do. Well, Fraction's writing Iron Man, right? Mm-hmm. And who are the big three? Iron Man, Thor, Captain America? So, Brubaker is writing Captain America... And Fraction is now writing the other two, Thor and Iron Man. And, you know, he's kind of let Yost, Kyle and Yost kind of direct his whole writing while he's been on the books. And it hasn't really been the flagship title that we thought it was going to be, starting around X-Men you know, 500. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm thinking that he's like, you know what, I've been on this book long enough. And i got to say, I really don't. I think he's spinning his wheels in Iron Man. So, he's been on the book for, you know, almost three years now. Kind of spinning his wheels, and I'm I'm interested in what he can do with Thor, but why would you give him two out of the three main single characters you got that lead the Avengers? Probably want them to all go together for the Avengers movie, you think? Maybe. Would they start that this far out? I mean, look, well, I mean, this is another topic we're going to be coming to, but look at all the, the the series coming out with Captain America and with Thor, just like all over the place. Well, yeah, that's true. But, I mean, I thought, well, yeah, that's true. But you think that's going to continue? All right, we'll jump to that. We'll jump to that topic. All right, all, all the Captain America and Thor limited series. I mean... Is this because of the movies coming out, or is this because I was under the impression that 
this was because we entered a new heroic age. And so, you know, we're kind of getting away from all the X-Men limited series and the Dark Reign stuff and all the tie-ins to Secret Invasion. And so the heroic age is focusing on the heroes. And that so all the, the main three heroes we have that have stood up and, and stayed heroes for a while now are Thor, Captain America, and Iron Man. I mean, we lost faith in Daredevil. And Spider-Man's never really been a, a, a giant hero. He's always had public dissent. So I just assumed that it was because we were entering the heroic age. But do you think it's tied to the movies? Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. When uh, when Joe Quesada took over as editor-in-chief, it was around when the X-Men movies were coming out. And he said the biggest mistake that Marvel made with the X-Men movies was they didn't have material out there for people to pick up. There were no trade paperbacks. There was nothing that went along with the movie. So ever since then, like when you see the Hulk movie coming out a year beforehand, you see tons of Hulk stuff, one-shots, limited series, when Iron Man came out, tons of stuff with whiplash and, and all kinds of junk that didn't even pertain to 616 or have any kind of effect on 616. But you put that out, you collect them up in you know four- and six-issue arcs, and people have trade paperbacks and stuff that they can go to. Instead of buying the main series line, which doesn't go along with, which isn't always just so much a straight cut and forward Iron Man or Hulk, you know, story. So what do you think about that? Are you for that? Are you against that? Do you think it cheapens the book? Do you think it sells the movie? Well, from a marketing sense, I think it's it's genius. It makes sense. You want to have, the more stuff you can have out there for people to have a variety to choose from is great. Yeah, but isn't that throwing your books in, in support of a, of, of a different media? Well, that's why they do often do limited series and stuff, you know? That's why they don't, like, the, they don't change. Like, when Iron, Man, when Iron Man 2 came out, look where Iron Man was, you know? He was laid up on a bed. He was hardly even in his issues because he was part of the whole um, siege thing going on, you know? Right. So they did, and that was fine because that's not what they were targeting. So what they did is they put out, you know, different Iron Man limited series and, and six-issue comics and one-shots and stuff, collect those all together, and then when people are looking for stuff, they don't go to the, the single issues. They go to Barnes & Noble and they say, I need a trade paperback, and all the trade paperbacks are Iron Man stories that you don't have to have any previous knowledge of. They're self-contained issues, and people are going to buy them. It's genius. I guess that's true. I have been wondering why... Yeah, but, well, yeah. No, you're right, because the, the Iron Man series have stopped now that the movie's out, and Thor, you get tons of Thor stuff, yeah. even, even a retelling. First Thunder is a retelling of his origin story. Yeah. So. so then it'll get collected, you know, once it's all finished, it gets collected about two, three months after it's come out, and when you go to Barnes & Noble, you know, you have a whole year's worth of Thor stories. And then they'll do the same for Captain America, and they'll do the same for the Avengers. Well, I don't like it. I think it cheapens the <laughs> comic book medium. I think it's it's pandering to an audience that you want in the theaters and not... I think that the movies should direct people to the comics and not the other way around. Well, I, I, don't, think it, I don't think the comics direct people to the movies at all. So you don't think... So you're saying that when they see the movie, they say, oh, i got to read this comic, and then they go and find stuff that they can jump into right away? Yes. 
They go to, you know, the, the movie theater is across the street from your Barnes & Noble. You go, you see the movie, and you go to Barnes & Noble, and you, you check out the, the trade paperback. You don't, people don't typically go in and look for a, a Hulk or Ghost Rider trade paperback and then say, I really wish I could see a movie about this. You know, that's just not how it works. Millions and millions of people see movies, and only thousands of people read comic books. You may have a point there, Jared. You may have a point. Wow, thank you. <laughs> All right. Uh, number three, Atlas Ending. What do you think about this? Hallelujah. Yeah, I am I am all about this. Give it up. Holy cow, we've had, like, Agents of Atlas limited series, ongoing series, and then turned into a limited series, and then rebooted as Atlas, and get rid of it. We've had all these tie-ins with Thunderbolts, and... It doesn't work. No one cares. No one freaking cares. I, I agree. Who cares about these people? I don't know. I thought Wu was great in the Ms. Marvel series. Who? Jimmy Wu. He was in the Ms. Marvel series. Oh, yeah, he was, wasn't he? Right, and he was good in that. Just leave him in that. Why do you have to go and put him in the Agents of Atlas with a dragon and then a gorilla and some <laughs> guy from Uranus? And Hey, watch the language. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Calm down. I, I when I heard that this was ending, I I had to apologize to Jeff Parker, but I was thrilled. I was like, "Oh, this is one less book I got to read that sucks." Yeah, but people are also very excited. You know, we've got this Atlas stuff. Let's, let's just be done and just wipe all the characters out of continuity. Yeah, what are we gonna do with all those characters? I mean, they're just gonna hang around, and every once in a while they're gonna pop in, like they are in in Chaos War. Probably so. They'll just be those background characters. Like, you know, when everybody's somewhere, you'll just see Gorilla Man's head in the crowd or, or something like that. Yeah. I I think it was a valiant effort, but I think it was so futile. Like, if you're going to... You know, I know they didn't want to bring back, like, the new invaders or something like that. Like, And I'm glad they didn't do that because that would be terrible. But why would you go back and get, like these people from the 50s or whatever why would you do that what would possess what would possess editorial i think i would guess it was probably just let's do something new or you know maybe there are these people that we can i mean i don't know there are a lot of creative people at marvel and i guess they probably had their their own reasoning now destroyer he's an old comic but they brought him back in a max series and that was actually pretty good yeah i think the max stuff you know that's usually always good but i you know, why Why didn't they do that with this? Or uh, Some of the art was good. I mean, issue five, some of the art and the cover was fantastic. But, you know, again, it's a waste of time. They go down, they're trying to shut down all these bad things, and they control this organization, but they don't really control it. And it was just one thing after another, head case this, head case that. Somebody's taking over our brains. We're teleporting to other places. I didn't understand what was going on. I'm just happy it's done. All right. Well, we're in agreement on that. All right. New Avengers number five, the timeline. What did you think about this? Did you ever end up finishing this issue? I finished it today. I knew we were going to be talking about it. Aha. Well done. I, I didn't really miss much. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Lay it on me. You saw the you saw the movie. Is the movie canon? The 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 next Avengers? Oh, 
the I, I was like, what movie? The Avengers movie isn't out yet, Andy. No, Avengers Next with the kids. Yeah, yeah. I mean, have you? Did you see it? No, I have not. No, I thought you might have picked it up or something. I'm sorry. No, I don't watch movie. I tell you, I read the comics. <laughs> well, the girls could watch it and tell Daddy about it. <laughs> Maybe, but I mean, they seem like bad guys in these comics. Yeah, they're not in the in the show. They're not bad. I think I don't think all the answers are out yet about this, you know, about their motivation and everything. I think I think they're going to turn it around next issue. Yeah, but what uh, what about the timeline? What about the timeline? Well, do you think it's accurate? It looks pretty accurate to me. Somebody did their homework. Yeah, Bendis. Yeah, I mean, it's got all kinds of stuff on there, and then all these these teases too. You know, like Kang's forces and yesterday's X-Men and Schism and the Galactus Seed and where's Wanda? All kinds of stuff. Yeah, so that's what I want to know. I mean, how how accurate do you think it is? Because, I mean, this is a possible history, right? Because it said that the timeline was totally broken down. Yeah. I think they're going to ha- definitely have some teases in here. You know, that they're just to get us fanboys all excited. <laughs> Now I had a good uh, I had a good chat with Charlie uh, from our f- Facebook page on um, our chat room. You again were out of town, so I said, "Hey, everybody who wants to talk about this, uh, go to six one six politics dot com, and that's kind of our chat room. Anybody can call a meeting anytime they want to talk about something. Emergency meeting. We need to talk about Uncanny X Force number one right now." <laughs> So anybody can jump in there, but um, and I think my mistake on this was I did it on a Friday night. But Charlie, it was like three a.m. where he was, <laughs> and he stayed up to chat with me. I was like thrilled. I had a blast. Thanks, Charlie. Yeah. Thanks. Even my own co-host bailed on me. Hey, he's he's a better man than maybe Hercules. It's him in the picture, not you. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I mean. I don't know. I was really looking at it, and I was like, you know, DC did something like this uh, for Countdown, and didn't Booster Gold have a a, a a whiteboard with all the stuff that was gonna happen? Andy, I would know nothing about that. Okay, whatever, whatever. Yeah, pretend like you don't know anything about DC. I, I honestly keep up very little with what's going on over there. What's going on over there? Over in <laughs> that? We don't go over there. No way, not to the dark side. Well, anyway, I mean, they pretty much laid out on this whiteboard all these pieces of stuff that may or may not fit into, you know, that they they released a comic every week for a year. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of stuff came to fruition. I think there was an assassination and stuff like that. So I'm wondering how accurate, I mean, is it like that? Is this accurate? Is it going to change? And some of these things are really interesting, like Fear Without Man and then Return of the King, and then Iron Lad Returns, and a lot of this stuff. But my question is, how far out does it go? Like, are we talking about the next year, the next 12 months, until we get to the Ultron War? And if that's true, then are we going to introduce all those kids and everything, and are they going to take the place of the heroes? Or are we talking about the next 20 years, and that's what, I mean, how far out do you think they're planned in this thing? I mean, if you look at where they have the line for Siege and where the line of Heroic Age begins, that was only four months. 
Right. You know? Right. That was only four months. Know. That was only four months to us. But I mean, we don't know. But, I mean, in comic book time, Siege was all of like a day and a half, wasn't it? Two days. Yeah. So, and then we've got the heroic age, and we already know that hope has returned, and those are pretty much together around the same time. And we've got the Captain America Reborn that already happened. So, and we've got I don't know if the Man Without Fear is basically Shadowland or, or what that is. I think that's going to be um, Black Panther taking over for Murdoch. Okay. And we know that's coming up very quickly. So, I think this stuff is going to be fairly, you know, within the year, is what I would guess. Now, are you are you are you down with that? Well, what do you mean? Am I down with that? Well, I mean, is that okay with you? I mean, that kind of moves too fast for me. Well, I mean, I I read some article that they want to have Shang Chi be more integrated, and he's going to have something going on. So that makes sense for Master of Kung Fu right there. And I mean, Avengers Academy has to have something interesting besides the Thunderbolts happen. So I could see the Academy Trader. And with uh, and we know that Five Lights is already happening. And then with Nova, that's all the cosmic stuff that's happening. I mean, uh, yeah, this could all this could all fit within a, you know, by September of next year, we could be in the Ultron War. So, but the, but the Ultron War, doesn't that have to do with the kids? Well, it says we are here after the Ultron War. I guess the Ultron War was with the kids, wasn't it? It could, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I can't predict the future. That, I don't want to hear that nonsense. <laughs> but there was also an article where they talked about yesterday's X-Men, and they said that they there is going to be something about that, but they don't want to release it all yet. Well, I am extremely interested. What is that supposed to be? Yeah, what, like, what's in the ring? What is that? You know? What is Galactus' seed? Is, are we getting Sentry coming back? That's what I think. I totally think that... Yeah, I think that the century's going to come back, and I think it's definitely going to be Galactus Seed. But, I mean, when we look at this stuff... Wait, so they said something about yesterday's X-Men? Yeah, I forget what, what interview I'd read. It was on, um, I want to say comicbookresources.com, and they were just talking about stuff coming up with the X-Men, and all he did was say, yes, there's probably something going to be happening with yesterday's X-Men, but that's all we're going to say. What is yesterday's X-Men? That's all he was going to say. <laughs> oh, so he just said there's something... Oh, you made it sound like it was a group that had already been out there. Oh, no, uh uh-uh. no. Okay, all right. But they already talked about... I mean, during Deadly Genesis, they were talking about, you know, yesterday's X-Men and what happened to them and everything like that, right? Yeah, but that was past. This is all future. Yeah, but yesterday's X-Men... I don't know. I was hoping, like, maybe Generation X or something. But if you notice, look on the timeline, there's nothing about Chaos War. No, it says Chaos. Where? Oh, Chaos, there it is. (laughs) Ignore me. (laughs) No, so we know that that's going on. Now, somebody said, I thought this was interesting, down at the end you see the three skull ion? Yeah. Somebody said that that was Triskillion. Triskillion. And the Triskillion is in the... 1610 universe, right? Isn't that the Avengers Tower in the 1610 universe? Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. I don't think that... I mean, Joe Quesada has said from the start that Ultimate would never meet 616. Oh, I hope it doesn't. But I just mean that there's a good chance that they're going to build their own Triskillion. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the Scorched Earth, like, I don't know. This is just a big fanboy tease, you know? (laughs) I know. When I saw this, like, oh, this is fantastic. I want to know what the schism is. 
And then uh, 999, I think that has something to do with, I read somewhere that has to do with um, Avengers Prime. Mm. But the the master of Kung Fu, and what are throwbacks? I don't know. Who is worthy? <laughs> a lot of stuff on here that's just, and Night Falls, you know, a bunch of just stuff to... Oh, no, the Nine Worlds disaster. That's Avengers Prime. And then Who is Worthy 999, I think that has something to do with Thor as well. Okay. But Night Falls, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting, to say the least. It's got me excited. I know, and the drum of revenge, I'm kind of about that. But I was looking at the timeline here. I mean, where where is Wanda? Like, uh, the doesn't it, the the Children's Crusade is a bi-monthly book, right? Yeah. Okay, so we can almost gauge if if the end of that, so 18 months out maybe is where that where's Wanda, and then after that we're going to see maybe the return of the century. That's my prediction. Heard it here first, folks. That's my prediction. And after the Academy Trader, you're going to see that book die, I think, is, is my other prediction. It's just not interesting. No, it really is not. And I'm trying to give it a fair chance, too. I like Gage. I like the Thunderbolts, but I don't care for the other characters. Right. There are just so many characters right now that we could read about. I just, I'm totally not interested in any new people. Right, but I'm not interested in having seven titles with Thor in it, though. Yeah. Thor has got to be the most uninteresting mainstream character. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to go see his movie and everything, but it's just not, it's not like on the edge of my seat to go see Thor, you know? Yeah, I'm not on the edge of my seat to read anything that has to do with Thor. <laughs> yeah, he's just kind of... I wish he wasn't one of the big three. Yeah, but what can you do? <laughs> I don't know. Kill him and not bring him back? Have Ragnarok? I didn't realize, because he had been gone for so long when I was reading, I didn't realize how big of a player he really was. Oh, when you came back, he was <laughs> dead? Yeah. So you came, like, after Avengers Disassembled? Um... I started reading everything after Avengers Disassembled. Okay. Yeah. I started reading X-Men. I, I caught back up. I started reading X-Men around New X-Men 114, you know, when Morrison jumped aboard. And, but I caught back up ever since 398, Uncanny 398. Okay. Or 397, I think. Either way. Poptopia, whenever that was. Yeah. And then I try. I, I started picking up stuff, and I started. I mean, I've been reading Spider Man for years. So, anyway, all right. Well, let's move on. I, I don't know. When I saw that, I thought it was fantastic. I, I, I thought it was great. I they were giving me a pieces, and I wanted more. And then I looked and saw. I'm not excited about these things. I hope these things change. I really want to see this. I don't know. It was really cool, and I think it's a good idea. I think it's a good marketing strategy because it gets you involved also hoping for things, and saying, well, I want to read these. Oh, yeah. Marvel's on it. Spot on. Uh, Frank and Castle ending? Anything? Well, he's in Shadowland fully together. Right. So that means that Shadowland happened after Frank and Castle number 21. Yeah. So, I mean, it wasn't... I I think we all kind of knew that he couldn't be Frank and Castle forever. Thank goodness. <laughs> Franken Castle was awful. <laughs> All right, Fantastic Four three. Dude, who do you think it's gonna be? Tough to say. I'm. 
I don't know, man. I don't know. I think it might be the thing. And why? I don't really have a good reason. Just that feeling. Yeah, I mean, isn't he joining the Avengers? Yeah. So if he's joining the Avengers, then isn't he going to leave the Fantastic Four? Or is that a reason? Or are we talking about dying? I'm pretty sure that the person was dying, didn't they? I think that's what they implied, but I don't know if that's what they really meant. Because, I mean, if it was just the thing going to the Avengers, we all kind of know that. Right. What do you think? I'm kind of thinking it's going to be Invisible Woman. Why would you say that? I'm kind of with you. Just that feeling. Like, I don't know. I, I The Fantastic Four has to have... you got to have your leader, Mr. Fantastic. And the thing is arguably, like, the most popular one on the team. And Human Torch is arguably the most, you know, the coolest one. Like, who doesn't want to be Human Torch? Everybody wants to be Human Torch. Invisible Woman is just kind of like, she turns invisible, sweet, you know? She just doesn't do much. Yeah, but you can't you can't get rid of the only girl on the team. No, they've done it before. They just replaced her with She-Hulk or Medusa or Crystal. I guess. I don't know. I'm not convinced it's her. Well, whoever it is, you know they'll be back in five years, at least. Yeah, but five years without a main character like that's pretty long. Well, they did Thor. Was that five years? We were gone without Thor for a long time. We were gone without Captain America for a couple years. Yeah, that's true. Oh, that was so good, though. Oh, yeah. It was totally worth it. It was a great payoff. It was. I never thought I would... I mean, I never really thought that I would accept anybody else as Captain America, but really, they do a fantastic job. Yeah. Um, Bucky is Captain America. Yeah, Brew Baker deserves every accolade he can get for that. It was just genius. It was. I, I would go back and read that. If I had time, I would read that from the beginning. Because there were, there were always two people that don't ever come back, Uncle Ben and Bucky. They just, <sighs> dead means dead for those two. So for, like, Casada and whoever else to take that risk with Brubaker, and for Brubaker to really work it all out, it was just genius. It was good storytelling. Either going to blow it out of the park or it was going to crash and burn. Right, they like we said before. Of the park. Yeah, they certainly did. Yeah. All right, Jeff Parker taking on the Hulk. Uh, another title I don't really, I just thumb through, you know. Yeah, but now now you might care about it because Jeff Loeb isn't writing it anymore. <laughs> yeah, since fortunately he's doing all the the Marvel cartoons. <laughs> Yay! But they're gonna, they're working on some live action stuff, right? Yeah, today I just read that um, ABC is looking at a live action Hulk show that... and a live action Cloak and Dagger show. Cloak and Dagger, come on! <laughs> of all the people. Like, come on. All right. That's ridiculous. All right, well, I think Jeff Parker could do a good job, and now that he doesn't have all the Agent of Atlas crap, I mean, he does a he does a fairly decent job uh, on Thunderbolts, and I'm the Hulk is cool, but I really just hate how it all is interwoven. Incredible Hulks with the second son, and, like, Greg Pak has weaved this tale so intricately that I'm afraid he can't get out of it. Mm. Yeah. Like, what, where do you go? Right, yeah. I mean, you got two sons now from the Hulk and, you know, all these 
souped up heroes that are hulkified and uh, it's just it's just a mess. You got a red Hulk and you've got the red girl Hulk. Yeah, they need, they need to kill a bunch of these characters, but unfortunately, they're like really big name characters, and they can't do it. Well, and what was the what was that villain group that they came up with? The Intelligentsia. Yeah, and all that stuff is just it's I don't know. I'm hoping that maybe it'll kind of be like a Who Shot Jr. thing, and Hulk will just wake up and it was all a dream. <laughs> that would be nice. The thing I hate most about that book is that all the heroes are totally involved and then they don't remember any of it, you know? Well, oh, yeah, totally. It's, yeah, that's, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that in our Tina Awards. Okay. All right, well, one thing I do have to say that the uh, latest Fantastic Four, um, the story arc three, the first issue of that, it actually did refer back to um, World War Hulk, Hulk's so I thought that was cool. Oh, sweet! Yeah, it mentioned it a little bit. It had a it had a picture. It didn't say it, but you were like, "Where is this from?" Oh, World War Hulk. Got it. Okay. <laughs> so that was cool. I'll have to check that out. All right, X Men vs. Vampires. Where, where are we where are we at with that? What's going on? No, uh, just kind of waiting for the next issue. I have you read that X Men vs. Vampires issue? No, I picked it up, but I haven't read it yet. I have not read it yet either. I'm kind of behind on that. And I got to say, it's not one of the top priorities. The covers are good. The covers are really good. But, you know, the story, we'll see. Yeah, it's, it's you know, I mean, everybody has that issue or that miniseries or that series that they like have to pick up that Wednesday. You know, I remember when Civil War was coming out monthly. It was like I'm at the comic shop at the door as soon as the, the Diamond guy is, you know, unloading Civil War. Because I wanted to read what was happening next. Right. You know? Right. This, and you know, that's how it used to be with Uncanny X-Men. And I was such a stupid kid. I didn't even realize that comics only came out once a week. But I would ride my bike to the comic shop twice a week just to see if they had a new X-Men comic because I was so into it, you know? But this (laughs) this series is just, I'm just not. I'm like, like I said, you know, like we both said, I've got multiple tie-ins to this vampire thing just sitting around i'm like yeah i'll get to him when i get to him no rush right yeah and i want to know how much of that is like growing up and being an adult and how much of it is really lack of story or maybe we're just saturated with all the comic stuff so we have to you know i often think about if i if i cut down on my comics like would i enjoy the ones i read a whole lot more well i I, probably I think so, but I think part of it is just, you know, we've been talking about this kind of a theme our whole episode is just interest level. You know, when Second Coming was coming out, granted it wasn't like the best story I've ever read, but I was so interested in what was going to happen next, that whether it was an X-Force issue or an X-Men Legacy issue or whatever, I was just like, as soon as it was out, I had it and I I had read it by like, you know, two o'clock that day. Right. Just obsessed with it. Secret Invasion. The tie-ins were so-so, but when Secret Invasion 1 through 8 was coming out, it was, again, at the comic shop, at the door. Like, can you please unbox the comic and give it to me? <laughs> I want to find out what was happening. Right. But, but yeah, So I'd, I would say it's probably not an age thing, at least for me. It's more of just an interest where I am and, and what grabs me. And X-Men with vampires doing the Twilight thing does not interest me 
at all. No, no, you're right. I try to, whenever I read my comics, I try to read them in order of the ones I care about. And so then a lot of them, it kind of, it's a, you know, a meritocracy where the, everything I don't care about gets stuck to the bottom and it's like, oh, I, I have all these left and those are obviously the ones I don't fo- follow. But usually Captain America and Daredevil are, are up there along with Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. So, but I'm waiting, man, I am waiting for big time and I'm, I'm just hoping that when that happens, I'll get right back into Spider-Man and be like, all right, what's going on? Because when it went to three times a month, I seriously was like, no way. This is going to cheapen the whole thing. Like, I'm not going to sit on the edge of my seat and say, oh, when is it going to come out? I'm going to be like, oh, okay, it's it's out again. All right, they have more story to fill. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. a bunch of, another group of loose ends. And it, was it like that for you? What? When when Spider-Man was coming out, you know, every week almost. Yeah, no, it was. It was because, first of all, I didn't like Brand New Day. I didn't like the concept, so that kind of tainted my view of it. But still, it was it was difficult to really get into the stories. And plus, the art was so terrible. I mean, a lot of that art was just trash. So it was a lot of things. But it, it was I wasn't motivated to read it more because... It was coming out more often. But when yeah. when we only had three issues, we had Tangled Web, Amazing, and and, uh, and Peter Parker coming out, I was like, I could not wait to read <laughs> those books. Yeah. Dude, Tangled Web number one, I had no idea what was going on. And I was like, when is number two coming out? But Because I don't know who's who or who's eating all these spiders or what's going on. <laughs> but I need to know. Yeah. All right, well, we already talked about the young allies being canned. So we're going to move on to our Tina Awards. Now, i got to say, our Tina Awards, almost the best part of the podcast. I'm getting into It'll Tina. Be the best part. I had somebody ask me today, what in the world is Jared's obsession with Tina Turner? And I was like, what? And apparently they had only listened to like episode 12 or something. And uh, no other one, which is pretty random. But uh, it was good. It, 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 it was good and I told him, good question. Uh, but he owns every single Tina Turner album, DVD, bootleg, concert, everything. He's been on Oprah. He loves Tina. So she was like, what? Oprah? Goodness. <laughs> so anyway, our Tina Awards. We give out awards based on songs from Tina Turner and this month's comics. And that's ba- that's basically it. We have to marry these two things that we love as people. Yeah. Yeah. And, and But I think with that, too, we have to say where this idea came from. And that would be Andy. Because... When Andy and I were first discussing doing a podcast, he knew of my Tina love, but never had I said, let's do something, let's incorporate her into the podcast. That was all Andy, and that right there is genius. Well, sir, I don't even remember that, but thank you. Yeah, you came up with the Tina Award, not me. <laughs> hey, i got to make it fun for all parties involved, right? Yeah, it was, it was, good, it was a good idea. All right, how many Tinas you got? I have three. Ooh, good. I got two. Okay. 
All right, so obviously you go first, and I'll try to guess what your Tina Award is for. All right, the first one is Funny How Time Slips Away. Now, you didn't read the backup story to Chaos War number one, right? No. Okay, are these within our current events or State of the Union as well? Just our two issues. I don't know, bro. I mean, Chaos War, Hercules was gone and came back, so time looked like it slipped. Uh, it's the right issue. It's it's just Chaos War itself. You You find where this fits into continuity and I'll give you a hug and a kiss. <laughs> no way. Because you look at where all these these superheroes appear and you try and fit that into continuity. It, it ain't gonna happen. No, none of this it's, stuff none of this stuff Greg Pock does fits in. No. So it's it's just funny how time slips away and it's just not relevant when it comes to this big event. Yeah, I tell you, I mean they brought up these two things on on the, the Facebook. They brought up Old Man Logan, and what was the other thing they, they talked about that was ridiculous? Mark Millar? Which I read this week. I was going to tell you. You read what? Old Man Logan. Why? You reread it? I'd never read it in the first place. You never read it? Oh, my goodness. What did you think? I don't want to tell you. <laughs> no, tell me. I liked it. Why, why? Why would you? Why do you like that? <laughs> See, that's why I don't want to tell you, Andy. You're going to yell at me. <laughs> 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 no, because, I mean, like, What If was always my favorite series growing up. Any kind of alternate reality thing, I love that kind of stuff. No, if it was good, they would they would print it right away. If it was good, it's obviously not good enough. <laughs> But they're doing a sequel to it. Uh, all right, why'd you like it? That's why I liked it, because it was just like an alternate take of this alternate future. And, and like to see, you know, that Venom and Red Skull were at Mount Rushmore, and there were all these little Hulk-like people that had, you know, terrorized Logan's family. and and. Uh, well, then make it a limited series. Don't put it oh. in the title. Now, that I absolutely 100% agree with. Well, that's my biggest beef with it, besides the fact that Millar writes and it goes nowhere. <laughs> yeah, it made no sense being in in with the regular series. That was just stupid. Yeah, I mean, I think it was... I think it, Logan dies where the 60s, right? And then... Or the 70s. And then, all of a sudden, out of nowhere... Oh, here's Old Man Logan in the 80s, and then we had to wait six months for the, or five months for the last book. Ah, I was, crap, I can't believe you like that. I, did, I didn't like its placement, but I, I liked the story. It was really interesting how it all came to be. You know, how he thought he was fighting villains, and he, he, looked, he turns around, and it was really, he killed all the X-Men, you know? I suppose... All I know is that Millar went in there and he was like, 
hey, I get this idea, Logan's old, and it's in the future, and I don't really know where to go from there, but maybe Hawkeye? I don't know. What do you think? And they're like, write it. <laughs> he comes up with good ideas, but they go nowhere. They're dragged out so long, and that's what happened with Civil War. Yeah. Everything he writes is like that. It's ridiculous. Anyway, I don't mean to belittle you. <laughs> Okay, why don't you give me your first Tino award? <sighs> okay, all right. All kinds of people. All kinds of people in this world. Turn the world around. Tear the borders down. All kinds of people in this world. Yeah. Um, I would say because X-Force is composed of all different kinds of people? Uh, right reason, wrong issue. Oh, so that would be Chaos War? Yes, Chaos War, because Hercules called like all kinds of heroes and was like, you call yourselves heroes? Let's go fight this demigod that I made up. <laughs> and everybody's like, yay, we're flying, I can't breathe! Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> That was ridiculous. <laughs> that was great. That's exactly how it probably sounded, too. <laughs> I need to clip that for the intro. All right. All right, your next one. Uh, addicted to Love. got to be Psylocke and Angel, right? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, because they, uh, you know, they thought that they were done with their relationship. They thought it was in the past, and Psylocke had moved on, and Angel was with Husk for a while, and they just realized they, they were addicted to each other. They had to come back. Oh, that's somehow romantic. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Purple hair, blue skin, it all works out. Yep, I guess so. I mean... I don't really understand Psylocke. I know she switched bodies and she's got telekinetic and her bum is hanging out everywhere. But other than that, good for them. The whole episode in itself, <laughs> trying to figure out who Psylocke is. <laughs> All right, cool. All right, my second one is Total Control. The Archangel. Wow, you that was good. That's like ten points. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yes, it is Archangel. That's a good song too. <laughs> <laughs> I you know, I don't think I've picked that one yet, so you know, I think that was really interesting in X Force One because I hadn't always I guess I didn't understand that he that Warren couldn't control the Archangel persona as much as he wanted to. Because he it wasn't like that. I mean, when he when he was Archangel back in the day, you know, he was still he was just much more angrier and had a lot more rage. But it, I don't think it was ever like you know nuts so like this Archangel can be. So I think that was a really interesting plot point to add to the Archangel. I liked it. I mean, it seemed it seemed to jive with the current stuff with Gambit. Yeah. Know. So. I thought that Another was... thing, I'm looking forward to seeing where that goes, too. I, I don't think that's going to go anywhere, man. 
Yeah, it might not, but I'd like it to go somewhere. Well, with Gambit, I think they took care of that in Revelation Hell, Hellbound. How did they tie that up? Because I must have missed that. I thought he finally just overcame it, right? Well, but Angel has overcome Archangel many times. Okay, I don't know. So we'll see. I don't know. You, you got me. The last one is an old one that any of you Tina fans probably don't, might not even know. Called I'm moving on. Do I have it? No, I don't even have it. I'm gonna write this down. I'm moving on. Is this an Icantina or no? No, this, I believe this is from Tina Turns the Country On. The Country On? Yeah, she did a country album. What? No way! I think it was 75. <laughs> Just a bunch of covers. Alright, I'm moving on. It could be Cyclops, who wasn't in the issue, but he thinks that, you know, that part of his past is gone about X-Force. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> You didn't even give me anything there. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's Chaos War. As I am going to move on. I'm going to spend my time on other comic books than that piece of crap. <laughs> <laughs> now, how would I ever have been able to guess that? <laughs> oh, I just thought that. As soon as I, I was thinking of Tina songs, I was like, that one. I'm moving on. <laughs> I, got, I got other ways to spend my time. All right, well, good. I like our Tinas. Yeah. We always do do pretty good. We usually surprise each other. <laughs> I always try to pick something that you don't necessarily know. Yeah, no, you do a, you do a good job. Well, it is late, sir, and I know it's almost midnight where you are. Uh, I I appreciate your time. I appreciate your time, Andy. I see. I I left that little space so you could say that. Well, I mean, you have little ones. I don't. Mine is almost six feet tall and 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 has a job, you know? <laughs> a little one. <laughs> no, it's good, man. It's all good. As long as Miss Jacqueline is okay with it, it'll keep going. Cool. All right. So, this is Marvel 616 Politics. And be sure to check out our website, marvel616politics.com. And uh, follow us on Twitter, at, at 616politics. And, of course, you can always email us your questions, comments, anything you want us to address on the show at marvel616politics at gmail.com. We have not received a voicemail for months, people. Give us a call. Leave us a message at 616-755-TINA or hit us up daily on facebook.com slash marvel616politics. And if anybody knows how we can get a voicemail number over in England... Uh, let me know something that goes directly to email because uh, a couple people have looked and I've looked and I, I can't seem to find one. So that's the next step. And until next time, make yours Marvel 616 Politics. <laughs>
kind of uh, lost my concentration there at the end. <laughs> just zone out? I did, I did. I just zoned out. I was like, and that, oh, we had fun on our Tinas. Oh. 